Welcome to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. Today's episode is a Q&A session that was recorded live inside my Facebook group. If you have a question that you would like to hear me answer on the podcast, please send me an email at sarah at homeschoolingforhim.com. Enjoy the episode. I've got a question for you. How do homeschool moms like us, who don't have a master's degree in reading and 25 years of teaching experience, teach our kids how to read in a way that helps them become confident readers who love to read under the covers with a flashlight? Here you'll find simple tricks and practical tools for making reading easy and fun. My name is Sarah Miller, and welcome to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. Hey there, homeschool reading community. Happy Thursday and welcome to our bonus Facebook Live session. This is a part of the Winter Wonder Preschool Learning Bundle. And I am so excited to be here today with Amanda Schenkenberger. She is a homeschool coach and parent coach and just a fantastically encouraging person. And I am so excited to talk with her all about homeschool schedules today. She is an expert on this topic and just has so many really creative and exciting ideas for parents to make scheduling simple and not overwhelming for us and to help reduce the overwhelm and the stress that we feel as parents trying to get all the things done. So this is such a timely topic for this season and for this time of year. And I'm just so excited to be here with Amanda. Amanda, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. We're talking about my favorite thing. So anytime. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I want to take a minute and introduce Amanda for those of you who don't know her yet. And then I'm going to let her jump right in and share her wisdom with us. So Amanda helps homeschool moms create a schedule, calm the chaos and build strong bonds with their kids so that everyone can experience joyful connection and rigorous academics at the same time. She leverages her own experience as a homeschooled individual and a homeschooling mother of four inside the home school family academy where she coaches other moms to educate curious minds and cultivate courageous spirits Uh, i love that amanda thank you so much i'm going to let you go ahead and take it away and tell us all about homeschool schedules today yeah thank you sarah i'm so excited to be here guys um i just want to say thank you to those of you who jumped into the chat i shared uh, a couple days ago in in conjunction with this we had some great back and forth lots of people in the community um there are moms who work during the day and homeschool in the evenings there are moms who have lots of little ones three five and under i was definitely in that boat i know and i remember what those days were like (laughs) there was hope i promise there is hope um that things will balance out and uh there'll be a flow again um so like sarah said i am a homeschool coach and i was a homeschool kid myself we fell on the unschooling side of things and um i just had a very idyllic childhood and i knew my parents ended up getting a divorce unfortunately um, and i had to go to public school for high school And so I knew as soon as I started public school, um, this isn't what I wanted for my own children. And um, I I actually had a great high school experience. I met my husband there. Um, I have great friends that I'm still in contact with from high school. It's not that I had a bad high school experience. It's just that I knew that there was a better way to learn. 
I knew there was a better way to learn, a more effective way to learn, a more fun way to learn. And I remember thinking as I think I was about 15, um, I thought as as I excelled in the public school system, I thought these kids have been chained to a desk their entire lives. And this again, this is me 15 thinking. So if you're like, wow, you're a little abrasive. Well, I was 15. Not that the abrasiveness has gone anywhere. <laughs> um, but I thought literally these kids have been chained to a desk their whole lives. And I've been out playing with horses in the dirt, in the field, picking blackberries, like these great memories from my childhood, riding horses. And I'm doing better than them. Oh. I'm doing better than them. Like something about what's happening here is wrong. And so I just knew. I knew homeschooling was a better way and a more connected way that we can educate our family. So that is the perspective I kind of come from. And uh, my goal for us here together is a helping you to create a transformative homeschooling experience where you can nurture those curious minds and cultivate those courageous spirits in your kids. Um, and there's a lot to that that equation of creating this amazing homeschooling experience. Um, and my goal, like having having 18 years of experience with this, I, I believe that there's nothing more foundational than your schedule. Like if we have the schedule in place, then these pieces where we're cultivating curious minds, cultivating courageous spirits, having this amazing connected time with rigorous academics. When we pair these things together, like their undergirder is a schedule, an effective schedule. And you can, I think there is a, there's possibility to create a great homeschooling experience without having an effective schedule. But I do know it's like the 10x factor to having an amazing homeschooling experience with your family. And so um, a little bit more about me before we get started. I'm also an executive functions expert. And so um, not only have I always been like the organizer and the planner, um, I go really deep with people who have executive functioning deficits, like maybe ADHD or even like brain trauma, um, where they like don't have the same skills as a typical person would for planning. And I help them um, support them with outside tools so that they can plan well. So just a little bit more about me. So I, I mean, I love planning and organizing, but I go really deep on this stuff. Um, so not just a hobby. <laughs> okay. So I would love to hear from us if we've got gals lad in the room with us. Um, how many kiddos do you have and how long have you been homeschooling? I'm not 100% sure um, yet. I don't see anything in the chat yet, so I'm not sure if it's active. Um, I hope it is, but if it's not, um, that's okay. But if you are here with me live, I'd love to know how many kids you have and how long you've been homeschooling. I see you popped up, Sarah. Can you see my comment in the chat, Amanda? Yes, now I can. Okay. I can see it. And the, the chat is working. It's just a little bit delayed. Okay. No worries, no worries. Um, I'm going to keep moving on, but a little bit. I've got four boys. I've got, yes, four boys. We have a lot of energy at home. Um, they are between the ages of four and 11. So I have preschool to middle school right now. And um, each stage is so much fun, you guys. Each stage is so much fun. Um, 
All right, so that's that's who I've got happening at home. I hope to hear who you've got at home. Um, let's see here. We've got three boys just started out with your oldest, who is six. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, one girl, two and a half. Love it. Oh, and you taught um, K through six special ed. That's awesome. Good job. Like, I think us when we maybe leave a professional field to stay at home, if we feel called to that, and when we really align with the, that calling in our heart, we are doing such a service to our family. And um, I just applaud you for leaving an established career to be a stay-at-home mom. It's one of the best things we can do. I just, I love it. Um, okay, awesome. So I've got some people here with me live. Awesome. Thank you so much for responding. Alrighty. Let's go ahead and start jumping right in. Um, we're talking about crafting an effective homeschooling schedule. And as I go through this, sometimes I'm a little rapid fire. And so if you're like, hey, can you repeat that? Or um, <laughs> there, I go over something too quickly and you want me to go back to it, please just pop a comment in the chat. I'm going to make sure I have um, what I need pulled up so that I can see your beautiful comments and keep presenting here we go okay good news okay and we also have a six and seven year old boys with executive functioning deficits okay yeah great um it's that that can be obviously a challenge but as they head into middle school there's lots of tools we can use to support them but right now for example at our house just quick tidbit um we do a lot of timers we use timers a lot at our house so i don't know if you use timers um but that really helps um, my kids understand space and time <laughs> a lot more. So just a little tip. Um, okay, so why do we, like why do we even want to have this conversation about building an effective schedule for homeschooling? Like I love the idea of having routines and rhythms. I think that's beautiful. And for, for seasons of life to just stick to maybe a flow. But let's actually talk about like, nitty gritty without being rigid okay so how will having an effective schedule for homeschooling impact our family and what's in it for us okay now families that i help in my um, homeschooling program typically struggle to blend joyful connection and rigorous academics there's this well i want to connect with you i want things to be happy and joyful but then i also want us to get our work done so how do we find this happy medium? And I do believe joyful connection and rigorous academics are complementary. I do not believe they're contrast. They, they can be, depend on how we approach them, but I do think that they can be beautifully weaved together. And so um, when I talk to parents, typically, I don't know if this is you, you can put me in the chat if you are kind of in this boat. Um, parents often side with, the, just get the work done. At least the parents I work with. They, let's just get the work done. Let's just check the boxes and let's muscle through this curriculum without fostering a love of learning or even considering teaching the child how to learn. Right? If that's you, there's no shame. That's just where we are at in the beginning of our homeschooling journey. Right? And for most of you, nobody taught you how to teach your kids at home, even teachers, right? And I think Sarah can attest to this. It, what you do in a classroom is so much different than what you do at home. 
nobody sat here and taught you how to do it. So no wonder you would be like fumbling and kind of messing up through it. And that's okay. I like to think of homeschooling as a giant experiment. And my house is our lab where I'm going to try this and I'm going to try a little bit of this. And I'm going to try a little bit of this and I'm going to see what works. I'm going to see what sticks. And so sometimes um, it can get a little messy like when we're throwing plates of spaghetti at the wall and we're like, that noodle stick, all those noodles didn't. Okay, let's keep that noodle. <laughs> okay. Um, so I try to I try to bring a little bit of lighthearted heartedness into it simply because homeschooling at home, well, homeschooling, that home education can feel very heavy. It can feel really heavy. This is my child's education. This is their future. Sometimes I get really mad at them and they get really mad at me. Um, or there's lots of tears and I just don't want us to have this horrible experience. Maybe they're better off at school. But all these, all these thoughts kind of tumble around in our head when things don't go perfectly or according to plan. And so I try to bring lightheartedness into this because yes, while it is a very deep topic that's close to our hearts, we also get to shift our perspective into seeing it as play. Because when we can play homeschool, then we enjoy it more. Our kids enjoy it more. We remove ourselves from our emotions and we can then take the feedback our children are giving us as neutral and not worry that, oh, I'm failing them. Okay, if they're not doing well, I get to pivot and shift, but that doesn't make me a terrible mom, right? So I try to bring in laughter and joy into this because it really does get to be fun. And so um, I just want to, I just wanted to kind of go down that a little bit in case you're in that situation where you're feeling very defeated about homeschooling and your schedule because um, things aren't going the way you expected them. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. Now, there are some parents, most of the parents that I talk to, um, right, where like checklist, checklist, let's just work, muscle through the curriculum. Um, and then there's a flip side to that, right, where there are some parents who swing to the other end and everything is play. There is no formal learning and learning is not valued in the home or considered a privilege, considering it a privilege. There are so many people in the world who still don't know how to read. I don't have statistics. But there are so many people in the world who don't have access to education. And it's a privilege for us that we get to learn. And there can be an attitude when everything is considered play um, to not take learning seriously as a way to contribute to the betterment of the world. Right. So, yes, I am all about the play based learning, especially when we are on the young end of the spectrum in the elementary years and even through elementary school. Play based learning is absolutely powerful. But when we don't have any formal learning time and we don't consider learning a privilege, that's a completely different attitude. So um, why do we want to craft an effective schedule? Why do we want to do that? Well, because it helps us to foster a deep love of learning. It helps us develop critical thinking and problem-solving skills in our kids. And it also helps us to cultivate that spirit of contribution and responsibility. 
where education is valued for its potential potential impact on the world, where when my child is educated, they know themselves, they trust themselves, and they're following their passion, they will have a positive impact on the world. Right? Well, I think all of us as parents, we really want that. And so having the foundation to that, I believe, is having an effective homeschooling schedule. Okay? And you might be thinking, oh, I've got a preschooler, right? I've got, you know, we've got some young ages in here. I don't need to worry about that. Um, you know, I'm just trying to get them to set, sit down and like for five minutes and, and teach them that letters have names and sounds, <laughs> right? Some of us are in this very beginning stages. However, teaching these principles of critical thinking, problem solving skills, uh, cultivating a, a spirit of contribution and responsibility in our children. They start now in these early stages. They really start now in these early stages. These are mindsets toward education, and they will completely change how you homeschool your children when you consider them, right? It will completely change your approach. And so, yes, I hear you. Like, I'm just trying to get them to understand their letters. But when we take time, to really understand why we're doing what we're doing. That completely changes your approach to homeschooling. And I actually get really passionate because this, um, this is, we're talking about vision. And vision is so powerful that it's, it's kind of something you probably, you might not have run into it um, if you don't run a business. But I really think that the more I homeschool and the more I run a business, I'm like, oh, these things are the same thing. So I bring actually a lot of business principles into um, our, our homeschooling experience and what I teach. But vision is such an incredible um, motivator. If you lack motivation, holy smokes, if you get a strong vision, that'll get you up in the morning. Um, it also helps us create a powerful and effective schedule. It also, so it helps us stay consistent. If you struggle with consistency, that also is tied into motivation. Um, and it, again, like I said, it completely shifts our approach in homeschooling from, you know, if we're checking the boxes and just muscling through the curriculum or if we're just being playful with everything, it completely revolutionizes our approach. So let me, let me, I got off on a bit of a tangent. Um, but if you're, you know, just in the beginning stages, this is still for you. This is still for you, and I would actually say this is critical for you um, because this sets the stage for the rest of your homeschooling experience as, as your children get older. So this information I'm going to share isn't like for parents who are just trying to make it. Like I hear you, especially when I had, uh, there was a period, I think I had a one-year-old, I had a newborn, a one-year-old, and was he, was he three, a three-year-old? that I was teaching to read. Like, I remember I'm nursing a baby, holding, like, a Bob book, like, trying to teach my oldest how to read. And I wasn't forcing that on him, just so you know. He really wanted to learn how to read. My second son was completely different. Uh, but I remember I'm, like, holding the newborn, holding this book, trying to help my cute, chubby little three-year-old teaching them how to read. So I've been there. I know what that's like. So this isn't this information isn't it's like I just want to get through the day let I want to help you do that and I want you 
to get to the next level with homeschooling. I want you to make it this experience where your family is strongly bonded. They are cultivating memories that involve a love of learning, learning together, and um, just warm, like all, all of the things that you would want your homeschooling to be. I want to help you create that. So if you want to use homeschooling to create your family's legacy, even if they are a, pro, a preschooler, if you want to pair connection, joyful connection with rigorous academics, it's going to begin with a clear vision, which helps you outline your schedule. Your schedule actually just becomes legs for a vision, like where you want to take your homeschooling. It's like the car you get in to go to Hobby Lobby. Like, okay, my Hobby Lobby is about 18 minutes away. Yes, I know how far it is. Um, from my house, um, but I got to get in my car to go to Hobby Lobby because when I get to Hobby Lobby, I want to, you know, get all this cute, um, holiday decor, whatever. Uh, but your schedule becomes this vehicle for you to create this amazing homeschooling experience for your family. And it's actually really simple. I'm going to go over, um, these templates in just a, just a minute. But I know for, for many of us, um, ho planning homeschooling, number one, can feel overwhelming, right? Um, there is like, okay, what's, what's a schedule? What's a routine? What's a flow? What should I prioritize? It is this huge chunk. Like, I think when we start homeschooling, we're eating an elephant. Well, I would say planning is like at least a third of of this elephant you have to eat so it's like this huge part of eating the homeschool elephant and um, if it feels overwhelming to you or you feel muddled there's no clarity i want i actually asked sarah about this um i'm actually at the very beginning of the year uh starting january 1st i am hosting a three day live plan with me event we're going to go, I'm going to go live every day. I'm going to teach you about how to plan, which actually starts with us defining success and getting clear on our vision, just like I've been talking about here. And then we talk about um, like actual legs for planning. And then I'm going to talk about subjects on the third day. And so this is, it's going to be completely free live event where you hop on with me, you can ask questions. Um, and so that is actually called what did I end up calling it? Homeschool Restart Challenge. It's a three-day challenge. And so if you want to join that with me, then feel free. Um, I think Sarah will put it in the chat here in just a minute. Um, but it's at homeschoolfamilylegacy.com slash HRC. Homeschoolfamilylegacy.com slash slash HRC. Um, because I'm, I'm passionate about helping moms set themselves up for success. We've got to do it. It's a gift to us. It's a gift to our family. Okay. So um, let's see here. All right. So some other reasons why we want to build a strong foundation and craft an effective schedule. It, it's actually really simple to do this, but I want you to get the benefits in your mind and the power of crafting an effective schedule. Because if I can help you realize that, if I can help you know and understand how powerful this can be for, me, for your family, the motivation is just going to come. And I know so many of us, we're, we're, we struggle with motivation. We're tired. Holy smokes, a preschooler is exhausting. 
<laughs> they love them. I've got a four-year-old right now. But they are exhausting. They're just such cute little bundles of energy that just push all the boundaries and all the buttons. And mommy, can I have a piece of candy? Mommy, can I have some screen? <laughs> screen time. Oh, my gosh. I love them. Um, but we're tired and we need that motivation to rise up in us. We need that help. And I feel and I know that when we get this concept of how powerful our schedule can be in helping us create the homeschool family life that we want, that dreamy homeschool family life that we want, then that motivation comes. We find that energy and we move forward and we make this planning thing a priority. Okay. And the consistency, right? A lot of moms that I help struggle with the consistency factor, right? It could be the tiredness. It could be there's so like some, I, some families I help, they have five kids. Some families that I help um, have, um, they have a lot of doctor's appointments because they've got serious health issues, which is another reason they homeschool. But then they've got doctor's appointments all throughout the week at various times for different kids. So how do we manage that? Right. There's some complex schedules out there. And so lots of moms struggle with the consistency for various reasons. But when we have when we understand the power of a homeschool schedule and we have one that we can adhere to and put into place again and again and again, then we can finally bring in that consistency and predictability. And when we do that, especially for young children, they thrive on routine and predictability. So having a structured routine helps them understand what to expect every day, providing a sense of security and stability, and it also reduces those, can I do screen time now? Um, questions. Yes, we can drastically reduce how many times in a day we are asked about screen time by having an effective schedule. How many of us like that? And seriously, give me a yes in the comments if you want less of those questions in your life. <laughs> um, having an effective schedule also helps to establish good habits, right? So you're gonna introduce a routine early on in their young years uh, to help them develop good habits. And whether it's setting aside time for learning, setting aside time for playing, meals, routines, and this contributes to helping them establish their own healthy habits that they can carry on into their later years. This also helps us um, track developmental milestones, which is something is my freebie in the Winter Wonder Learning Bundle, uh, preschool milestones. When we have a schedule designed to include activities that cater to these tracking of these milestones, right? We've got to plan a time to actually develop these skills so that they can progress in a, um, what would you say? I don't want to say normal, but a, a, a flow that, that works for the child. I think, you know, kids learn all over the place. Um, for example, I, I mentioned before my second son. So my first son was like all about the reading. He was, he was ready at three. Um, and of course, I prided myself on that. I was like, oh, I'm such a good homeschool mom. I'm such a good homeschool mom. My three-year-old is reading. Um, okay, then enter the second son. And um, we're now five. And he can't identify his letters. And I'm like crying. I'm like, what have I done wrong? Maybe I screwed this one up. I even got to the point, and I do not suggest this as a parenting tip, um, but I got to the point where I had, I bribed him. I said, if you can just remember your ABCs, I will buy you a ninja costume. 
So five and a half. Finally, remember, could recall all of the names of the letters. We haven't even gotten to the point where they, he knew that they made sounds. Um, and I, I, I still have the picture in my mind where he's wearing this ninja costume and he's doing this on our coffee table. I'm like, oh, finally I did it. Well, about six months later, six months later, his reading exploded. The kid's reading exploded. He just picked up on all the nuances of the English language and like understood sounds and blends and all the things. And he could read books. He's nine. <laughs> he's nine now. And he's, we've had him tested his Lexile level for reading and he's reading at basic college level reading skills. I could give him an entry college level book and he like understands it. And so, uh, again, this is not about me being a phenomenal homeschool mom. It's not about that. It was, he was ready. When he was ready to learn, he picked it up. When he was ready to learn, he picked it up. Um, and so that's why I say, you know, our kids learn in their own time. Um, and that's why there's a, a, a wide spectrum of, of learning, but we can help our kids learn faster, better, more efficiently when we have a schedule to help them insert those skills they need to practice. And then we can also adjust um, as our kids go on and we're like, oh, you know what, maybe they're just not ready for cutting with scissors. Um, or maybe they're just not ready for recognizing letters yet. Okay, let's, let's put a pin in it for like three months. But you have to have a schedule in order to do that effectively and track those things. Okay, I already see we are at half an hour, so I want to make sure we get this. There's just so many important things that come along with the schedule, and I want you moms to be empowered, because when we can get this down, everything else flows smoothly from it, okay? So having a schedule helps them um, with learning readiness, time management, um, you guiding them as a parent because you've got structured time for homeschooling, there's formal learning time, um, and it can also help social skills get developed. It can reduce their anxiety if you have a little bit of a nervous belly. Having a predictable routine is really going to help them reduce that anxiety because they know what's coming. It also makes transitions so much smoother. Oh my goodness, you know, have you ever tried? Okay, like now we're going to do go from this craft to cleanup time. Oh man. That sometimes can be real rough. But when our kids have a predictable schedule and they know what's coming next and they've been prepped, those transitions go so much smoother, okay? And then, of course, when we have a plan, we can also alter the plan according to their needs in the moment. Because sometimes, I like the Montessori style of um, learning where a child gets access to a certain toy or activity until they're done with it, which can be hours. So you also, I mean, I mean, I don't know, I have to go to the store. Like I went to the store three times yesterday. Actually, that's a lie. I went to the store once and I had to go to the library three times. Long story. Um, <laughs> but you have to have those time, that time available in your schedule. Okay. So it works as a framework to be flexible. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it because the key to all of this is you being able to see your time. It's you being able to see your time. And so this is not this is not pretty or fancy. I made this boring on purpose. Like I like pretty things, I can create pretty things, but I made this 
these two pieces of paper, boring on purpose. So this is my homeschool family schedule template. And you can get it. Um, I'm sure Sarah will pop the link in, in, in the comments here in just a moment. Um, but this template, you can download it. And again, you know, it's not colorful. It's black and white printing. Super simple. But when you get this, this template, what I want you to do is you, if you homeschool four days a week, you're going to want four of these. If you homeschool five days a week, three days a week, print these off for every day you're homeschooling. And we're going to go through here every every chunk of time. And here's here's the thing. This actually also comes with a mini training because, again, I'm all about, like, teaching you to actually how to use the resources. Because if I, if I just give you this, you might not know what to do with it. So, I and, again, like, I help all people on all spectrums of planning, whether you just need, like, a couple tips or some fine-tuning or you need, like, let's go deep and let's actually talk about how to plan your day and stick to it. Um, I'm all, I'm all over that spectrum. Um, but so what we're going to do is for every day you homeschool, and you could use this, you could even use this for the whole week if it really works for you. Um, so for example, right here we have a morning block. I want you to think of your time in blocks, not hourly. Your day, if we start breaking our day into hours, that's, get, that's getting really stressful when we have children involved. It's really stressful. So instead of thinking hourly or like, oh, we just homeschool-ish here, um, I want you to think of your day in blocks of time. So we have a morning block, homeschool block, lunch block, chore block. Yes, we need to have a chore block every day. Uh, a free time block, dinner block, bedtime block, and then I have like an extra block. Like we do jujitsu, so we have a jujitsu block in our schedule. Um, we actually get to participate in a homeschooling class, so it's in the middle of the day, which sometimes I love and sometimes I don't. Um, <laughs> but so we have like a jujitsu block. So if you've got a sports block or an activity block, church, um, some kind of uh, STEM activity you guys do on a regular basis, co-op. This is you make this block whatever you want. So, for example. Monday, you would circle Monday, and you would say when you want your morning block to begin for your kids. Now, some families let their kids just sleep in and naturally wake up, um, and that's fine. That there's nothing wrong with that. So, thinking about like, well, I don't, I want to make sure my kids are up by nine o'clock every day. Let's just make sure. Or maybe you guys are really late nighters. I know some families that stay up really late. That doesn't work for me. Um, great if you're a night owl family. <laughs> So maybe this is 10 o'clock. You want everybody to be up by 10 o'clock. And so you would write down what needs to be done during before everybody eats breakfast and while everybody eats breakfast and all of the cleanup that needs to happen within the morning time, like beds get made, teeth get brushed, clothes get put on, unless you live in jammies like we do. Um, just so you know, I am wearing leggings. Uh, I can't. <laughs> got leggings on. Um, so if you live in jammies, that's okay too. It's part of being a homeschool family. Um, so, you know, eat breakfast, do the dishes. You're going to write down all the activities that need to get done in that morning block so that when your homeschool block starts, you just can move into the homeschool block. The dishes are done, right? So, you know, maybe this is for us, for us, this is not, uh, this is. Seven to what is it? 
seven to nine. My husband's in charge of the morning schedule. So I'm you know, trying to recall. That's when I work. Um, so this is like seven to nine. This is nine to depends. So this is a, if this is a Monday for us, this is nine to 1030. This is nine to 1030. So our homeschool block, which we would have two on Mondays because we go to jujitsu in the middle of the day. Um, so we would have, I usually have language arts and I have math. So that's what I would write. And here's the key to these, okay? Especially when it comes to the homeschool block. The only thing you're doing in this time block is what is written here. You're not checking your phone. You're not cleaning the kitchen. You're not, oh, we gotta go run to the store so that we can make cookies for yada yada tomorrow. That's not what you're doing. You're completely focused only on what is written in this time block. That is the key, especially when it comes to the homeschool time block mamas. I know we want to check our phone and we want to try to do all the things. Oh, you know, there are exceptions. Got to nurse the baby when the baby needs to be nursed. Got to change the diaper when the diaper needs to be changed. But that's it. Like, okay, let me take care of the children. <laughs> but no phone, no cleanup, no, oh, I've got to start another load of laundry. Stay focused on what is in this time block, right? especially during this homeschool hour. That's crucial. And so go through, you know, say when your lunch block is chores, the chores you want done that day, which it doesn't have to be extensive. Like usually Wednesdays, we do uh, laundry. So that's usually the only chore they're doing because it takes them a while. And yes, my three sons do the laundry. Yes, they do. It was a long, it felt a little painful process to teach them. Um, and yes, their drawers still get dirty and I still have to follow up with them um, about keeping their drawers neat and tidy and how well to fold things. But yes, my kids do the laundry. They do the laundry. They make breakfast. That's the seven, nine, and 11 year old. Those kids have chores and responsibilities to contribute to our family. Okay. Um, so then free time block. Sometimes this might become the errand time block. <laughs> Maybe you should change this one to errand time block. But free um, and making sure you, you just follow through on all these time blocks. And you can do this for every day. Now, here's the cool thing. What I want you to do, it, I don't want you to like, go, okay, we've got a morning block, then we do homeschool. That's not necessarily the right thing to do. You're going to cut these out once you've got them filled in. And then you're going to organize them. You're going to move them like, okay, obviously the morning block is for the morning and the bedtime block is for the bedtime. Um, but everything else, you know, maybe, maybe you do a chore block first because I, I was raised on a, a farm. We, we bred horses. And so we got to go out and feed, feed the horses. Like, oh, well, you got to go out and water the horses or maybe people like maybe the horses need to be moved from pasture to pasture. Right. Some some families live on a homestead. So maybe a chore block comes before your homeschool block. There's not a wrong way to do it. Um, maybe you need multiple chore blocks. Maybe a lot of what you do for homeschool is actually activities that sustain the homestead. That's a great way to learn. Um, so. You cut these out and then you organize them in a time frame that makes sense for your family. So some days you might not have a chore block. Some days you might not have a jujitsu block. Some days you might not even really have a free block because sometimes days are packed really full. Okay. So in order to get this um, and the training where I kind of describe that a lot more in depth, um, the link is in, in the comments. Um, and so 
this is key. You got to think of your time in chunks and blocks and then have what you're going to do in that block and then put that block in a time zone that makes sense for your family. And there might be some days, oh, we've got a really important appointment that day. Okay, we've got to take out the homeschool block and that gets to be okay. Right? Um, maybe maybe the lunch block is, oh, we're going to eat out today because we're on the go and we get to eat in the car. Right? So maybe maybe the lunch block, maybe like my kids are older now, so my two older bring school in the car with them. Um, and so sometimes they're <laughs> on our way to jujitsu. Um, they're doing math in the car. Right? So this is going to blend together a little bit. But cut these out and use them in a way that makes sense for your family. A lot of families might follow something very similar to that, what I've already outlined here, but do what makes sense for your family. And that might mean you have two blocks of homeschooling in the day. That might mean you have three free time blocks. If you've got really little kids, right? Like I said, I'm all about play-based education. Um, maybe you have several free blocks, but we don't think about this as hourly we think about this in chunks of time and when you cut this out and lay it down um you can then you know uh paste it onto a new piece of paper um if that works for you but think about it in chunks of time so you can actually visualize your time that's going to be a key difference you got to see your time all right ladies got i've been doing a lot of teaching um i'm going to pop over here and look at any questions um, but if you have questions based on what I just said, please pop them in the chat now. Um, go grab this freebie because this is a game changer. This will literally change the way you homeschool. This is foundational. And it's not that you have to homeschool every day between 9 and noon, right? Maybe it's 9 and noon Tuesdays and Thursdays. Wednesdays you go off to co-op. And then Mondays it's from 2 to 3 in the afternoon, right? It's just whatever works for your family. Okay. Let's see here. I, I see a comment. So I have recently found out that I had a stroke recently. Um, I'm sorry to hear that, which is just another, another long story. What tools do you have for people with major brain fog and difficulty planning? Okay. Again, so this gets back to great question. I'm sorry for your stroke. That's hard. Um, that you need, oh, okay, Ashley. So what you need to do, Ashley, is take this mental load out of your brain right? There's fog going on, confusion, there's no clarity. You need to have it on your wall where you can see it. And so you can look at the time, right? Okay. And I really do suggest having a watch. Don't look at your phone. Your phone has so many little distractions on it. Look at your watch, look at, you know, maybe it's the microwave or a clock on the wall where your schedule is. Your schedule needs to be out so you can see. So you can be like, okay, it's, it's 1230. Let me look at my schedule. What are we supposed to be doing now? Oh, it's lunch. Oh, okay. Um, okay, guys, let's go ahead and wrap up our homeschool stuff or wrap up playtime or whatever it is so that we can transition to lunch. What would you guys like to do first? Should we put those toys away or those toys away? Right? You've got to take off this mental load because it just becomes a mess in when we have brain fog. You've got to put it up on your wall. Um, let me... You know, Grab one of my calendars here, just real quick. Um, so there would actually be two kinds of calendars I would suggest you have. I suggest uh, a calendar like this um, for the entire family, right? You got to take the mental load off um, and write down, okay, like if 
like I have a cookie exchange coming up this Saturday that I still don't know if I'm going to go to. Sarah, I'm not sure if it brings me peace yet. <laughs> but I could write cookie exchange here. And then obviously we've got church on, oh, over here Sunday. We've got church on every Sunday. Um, have a family schedule on the wall where everybody can see it. And then you need to have one of these for every single day, Ashley. Every single day. you got to give yourself time to plan it out. Go through each of these time blocks and figure out what time frame makes sense for each of them. And then laminate it, frame it, put it on the wall for every day so that all you have to do, the mental load is gone, look at your clock, look at your schedule, and then this is what we're supposed to be doing. I do not suggest, do not suggest a, a digital calendar. Um, it might be something that you have to take with you. Right. And that gets to be OK, too. We've got to support our brains where they're lacking um, or maybe where there's like a temporary issue. We get to support ourselves no matter what that looks like. So you might need to carry this with you. And that gets to be OK, too. Um, that's a great, great question. And I would say, Ashley, I do offer um, private coaching on this where I take you through a process that teaches you how to see your time. I mean, there is. There's a lot, it's like 10 weeks. There is quite a bit of information to help support you um, in the deficits that your brain has. Um, lots of education, lots of tools, and then we walk through it together. So if that's something you're interested in, it's my executive functioning um, uh, coaching. Um, I don't have any information on it out there. It's just something I tell people when um, I see there's a need. So go ahead and message me if if that's something you're interested in because we actually it's something we involve the whole family in um and it's it's really awesome so let me know um let's see here i see someone loves time blocks that's kind of what i do otherwise i would go crazy i know me too i have got to have this i have got to have this i use timers on my phone all the time like one it won't go off yet. It'll go off in about an hour. Um, but I use timers all the time. All the time. Okay. I'll, I'll stop talking. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> no, this is awesome. Thank you so much. I have a ton of notes over here that I'm going to be trying as well. So thank you good, for sharing good. your wisdom with us on this topic. Absolutely. So, absolutely. So if you have questions for Amanda, go ahead and type those in the chat. This is a great opportunity to ask her anything that you want to know about schedules or about creating a homeschool rhythm or vision or routine that will really serve your family. Um, I think you've covered the ones that are in the chat, but we're going to give everybody a minute to type. And while we're doing that, do you want to address some of the questions from the chat thread too? Yeah, yeah. A lot of this stuff, but I can I can share some of those with you as well. Yeah. Um, would you do you want me to look them up or did you want to read them I've off? Got me? I've oh, got yes. If you want. Okay. 100%. Yes, I'm on board. Yeah, And I'll just kind of sprinkle in like those and the ones that people are typing in the chat right now as well. So, OK, um, let's see. So we're going to start with uh, Christina's question because there were a few people that asked it. Shakila asked it, too. Um, can you talk about managing home tasks. Christina said getting everything done and trying to manage home tasks. I know Jody had some good advice in the chat about involving our kids in chores, but um, what about like when we're trying to get all the things done and we still have to do the laundry and cook dinner and clean the house sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. So that's why it's really important that we have a chore block. Now, when my kiddos 
were really young, you know, I had three under five, um, there was not a lot they could do besides maybe put their own toys away that they got out. Um, so that comes into, so you would want to write down what you'd want to do in the tour block. And then you want to create systems for yourself within um, that block. So that would probably look like a routine. And here's, here's my breakdown of how you get to do all the things you want to do. So first you have a time block and then you have a routine within that time block. So all the things you want to do in the time block. And then all those things, you've got to prioritize them. There's got to be P1s, the things you've got to get done. There's got to be P2s, priorities. Two, that it's I, I want to get these done. And then like P3s, like it would be great to get these done, but these can definitely fall off the list. So you've got to have time blocks, routines, then prioritization. Then you also got to have margin to slip in between those time blocks, um, you know, for things like changing diapers, for things like, oh, we're having an emotional breakdown right now. Okay, um, tantrum. Let's meet your needs. Something's wrong. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Uh, do you need a hug? <laughs> you know, <clears throat> um, so to get all, to get the housework in, you got to have a time block for it. That's the chore time block. Or you could, you could re rename it. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, and then as our kids get older, empower them with the knowledge to take care of themselves. So like I said, my three older kids do the laundry. So I, I'm the one who washes it all. I just wash it all. And because I usually do it overnight because our house heats up a lot and then we get kind of hot. So they don't need to be up at like 10 o'clock shifting the laundry bed. <laughs> so I do that. Um, but once it's all clean, they take it out to the living room. They sort it into piles. Then they fold it. Then they go put it away in all the different places. But it was a process. I had to teach them how to do it. I had to teach them how to sweep the kitchen. Thankfully, my husband taught them how to make breakfast, right? We get to empower our kids. And yes, initially, it takes time to empower somebody, but it does come back and give you time back. So it's it's like a win-win situation, but it starts with that time block and then organizing what you want in that time block into a routine based on what you need to do when. Um, do you feel like that answers the question? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love that. My kids do the laundry too. Um, mm -hmm. And that it helps so much to have those those consistent routines. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was what Marianne was asking about too. She said actually managing the things that need to get done is challenging, but I think yeah. having those routines is, is really key for that. Can you talk about setting boundaries and not feeling guilty saying no to others? That was Sarah's question. I thought it was a really mm. good one. Yeah. Yeah. So boundaries, they're really interesting. Boundaries have everything to do with you and nothing to do with the other person. And so boundaries with adults looks different for boundaries with children. But if I am invited to a fun play date get together um, like this cookie exchange that I'm still like, hmm, what do I want to go? <laughs> um, this saying boundaries have to do with me giving my best yes. If I cannot give myself my best yes, my family my best yes, and you my best yes, then I really need to consider whether or not to say yes to this um, activity, uh, event, whatever it is. 
And so sometimes we say no, we, we set those boundaries of no, thank you. Uh, like we're, thank you for the invitation, but we, we're not going to come. Um, it's completely based on me and my current emotional bandwidth, right? Sometimes that's based on my kids. Like, oh yeah, you know, so-and-so, especially when our kids are showing signs of sickness, like, yeah, we shouldn't do that. But if they've had a big week, maybe they've learned a lot, or maybe they had a really big activity that you don't typically have, then you might need to say no to, to that activity. Or if it's getting everybody up and out the door, if you can't show up and give your best yes, then it's likely that you need to put up a boundary. Because ultimately, if you go, Everybody is stressed out. Your kids, you, you can't be present with those moms or your friends. Then are you really serving anybody? Are you really giving, giving the gift of your presence? Well, no. If you can't give your best yes, you give a no, you're really doing what's best for everybody involved. So you don't need to feel guilty about it. You just get to be honest of where you're at. That's a really helpful reframe. Thank you. Yeah, I think we can all relate to that when there were all sorts of hearts and um, likes and stuff going in the comments. As you were oh, good. I think we can all relate to feeling guilty for saying no and feeling like we should have more capacity than we do. But that's a really helpful reframe for sure. Mm-hmm. So what about when the the request is coming from our kids. We had a lot of comments or questions about struggles with like certain family situations or just challenging things that we're dealing with with our kids. Shaquilla's got um, a busy breastfeeding toddler and a four-year-old with very big and loud feelings. And Jennifer talked about um, handling school for her seventh grader um, who needs a lot of, like doesn't work well independently and trying to do things with a preschooler. So like, what do we do when we have kids that just need all of the attention? from us. Yeah, Um, I definitely have two of those. One is a preschooler. The other one shall not be named. Um, (laughs) But um, when we have kids that need all of us, then we get to create a schedule that supports them. It and I think, you know, as moms, we want to give our best for our children. And so that might mean not, you know, that might mean missing out on activities everybody really enjoys because so-and-so needs more of your time. And that gets to be okay because really, I think as homeschool moms, we don't typically feel like there's enough hours in the day, right? Well, everybody has been given 24 hours, unless, you know, you happen to die today. Um, Everybody's been given the same amount. Nobody is poor in time. Nobody is poor in time. It's our mindset towards time. And so if there are things we're missing out on to in order to support our children, then it's really a gift. And it's really why we're homeschooling anyways. And so sometimes, especially when you have older children that need more of us, it's like, a you should be more independent or you, you know, like there's so many shoulds that go on in our mind. It's really a gift because this is going to help them be on the right path as an adult. And when we're, when we have the right mindset and we structure things well, we're really beginning to equip them and empower them to do these things themselves. Or if they need help, to allow them to ask for help. Because I know a lot of us don't ask for help because we're embarrassed. And so we want to create a culture in our home where asking for help is common, right? And um, so again, it gets back to those boundaries. We got to say no if we can't give our best yes for our whole family. 
Um, so I, I would say it just, you give, you get to gift your time to your children more than maybe I would gift it to my children because they're just more independent learners. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Mary said, it's been a while. My youngest is now 21. Now I have six grandchildren, construction company, online and local preschool, taking care of auntie with dementia and mom with liver cancer. So trying to get back in the flow. Oh my goodness, Mary, I'm exhausted just reading that. Now to you everything that you're doing right now. Wow. Yeah. Um, needed a refresher. Got to figure out a schedule. Definitely because I'm the one that does laundry in the middle of center time and crafts. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Needed refresher. Was there a question in there? I, I think she might have just been saying thank you that it was helpful. Okay. So if you have a question, Mary, feel free to, to put one in the chat because we would love to, to answer it. Um, I think you also answered Jelena's question about when to get started with academics. I know you talked a lot about that. So can we talk a little bit about Melissa? She said that she's working nine to five and also trying to get school done in the evening. Do you have any mm -hmm. tips for those full-time working mamas? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So number one, well done you. And I want you to know that you are not the only one on this path. There were thousands, if not like tens of thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of homeschooling moms who are doing what you're doing. Okay. And sometimes it can be hard to find them simply because we're so busy. <laughs> so first of all, I want you to know that you're not alone. Um, so if you work, right, we've got a blank block here. You would want to put your work schedule in in here and then actually have an extra one of what is going on, like who's taking care of your child, like if they're if they're younger or if they are old enough to be in charge of themselves. Um, you would want to have a, a routine for them to follow while you're working. Um, and then save all the academics they need to do with you after you're done working and here's what I say you you get off at five right How, give yourself 10 minutes of decompression time where phones off screens off you're focusing either on your breath maybe it's kind of like a quiet time for you whether that's with God or you're just kind of just getting back in tune with your body so you can settle your nervous system and then you get to head out and first of all, if you need food, get food, but connect with your child, connect with them. You know, it's not pop out of the office and be like, okay, now we're going to do this. Let's work on connecting. Maybe that's a hug. Maybe that's a, how are you doing? Maybe that's a back rub and just connect with them. And then when everybody, you know, is food, water, basic needs, and you've connected, shift into the academics. So that might mean academics don't start till six. And the good news is depending on the age and stage your child is at, school doesn't need to take more than an hour and a half to two hours. I really think you can get it done um, if you've structured things really well. So um, keep at it and just that, those, that's kind of like the flow I would suggest for when you get done with work. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I love that. Uh, Stephanie said that she has different things happen each week. So no two weeks are exactly the same. Would mm -hmm. you just make remake the schedule every week or like what would you tell her to do? Yeah, so I would so I would do my blocks and this is where it gets key because I helped a mom who had they have significant health issues for different people in their family. And so you create the blocks of of 
you know, homeschool, short time, you could have an appointment block, whatever it is that you guys got going on. And then for the week, you want to, you'd want to plan on Sunday, right? You'd want to plan this on Sunday. And then you take your chunks for every day and you organize them in a way like I would probably what I see is like this really long like whiteboard, like a teacher whiteboard that you put your blocks on and you probably have magnets that hold them onto the wall um, and you organize them that way. So um, that's what I would do so that it's still fluid and flexible, but the routines are the same. You're just plugging them into different times of the day during the week. I love that. And you get to play with magnets. That sounds yeah. like fun. Sounds like fun. <laughs> I'm on a magnet schedule. Cool. Okay. Um, Jennifer was asking about staying consistent. I feel like you've talked a lot about what to do when things come up and, and setting boundaries and all that. So um, maybe we'll wrap up with Jane's question. Um, if you have a question that Amanda hasn't answered, please feel free to type that in the chat. And also if you're watching the replay, uh, feel free to type questions for Amanda in the chat as well. And I will make sure that she gets those. Uh, so you're welcome to, to do that as well. So Jane wanted to know um, helpful input or tips from any all boy families. Um, and I want to make sure you got a chance to answer that one, not just to Jane, because I know you can relate. Yeah. Yeah. So um, our house has a lot of energy, especially boys when they're younger. They're, they typically are just like little balls of sometimes chaos around the house. Um, and so what's key with boys is giving them a space to get that energy out. Right. And so we have an indoor trampoline. We live in an area that's um, pretty rainy. So we don't always go outside. Um, but there's a trampoline in our house that they can jump on. And then when it's not like rainy and windy, we get on our rain gear and we go outside. We go for a walk. Um, I get them invo involved in sports so that they can get out that energy as well. Um, and I think the, the big thing for at least my boys is giving them um, the ability to input into our schedule, especially as they get older. And so giving them kind of some of the reins to manipulate the schedule um, and have some dialogue back and forth like, well, that's a good idea, but then we would be late to this. Or then when would we do this instead? So really involving them in the process, they feel respected and capable. Um, and that when boys feel respected and capable, that usually leads to happy boys, um, especially when they can dispel that energy. So that's my suggestion. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, well, I think we hit the end of the questions, so cool. that's awesome. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of this information with us today. Um, yeah, Mary said, uh, thank you for this live. Um, in the business, it's so easy to get it lost and the simple basic things are overlooked. Um, movable schedule blocks, yeah, yeah, awesome. Something she can use and need to do. Cool. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, Excellent. so thank you so much for sharing with us today. This was so helpful and I know we all are leaving with lots of ideas of things that we wanna try. Um, where can people connect with you? Because I know that everybody who's watched this is, is gonna want uh, more Amanda in their lives. So where can we go <laughs> to connect further? Well, first of all, I would definitely say go get the template um, and then we'll instantly be connected um, when you download the template. But if you want to like get in contact with me, you can email me at Amanda at homeschoolfamilylegacy.com. My website is homeschoolfamilylegacy.com. Um, and if you want 
more like one-on-one, -on -one, you're listening to this before the beginning of the year, come join the challenge at homeschoolfamilylegacy.com slash HRC. Um, but email me, feel free to email me. Like I'm a person, I respond to my emails. I'm like Sarah. Um, so anyways, uh, that's where I'd say you can connect with me on, on Instagram too, at homeschool coaching mama, if you want it, homeschool coaching mama. Awesome. Thank you. You are a faster talker than I'm a typer. So I'm just going <laughs> to add the rest of these links here. I could um, say a lot in a little bit. <laughs> thank you so much for being here with us today, Amanda. This was, this was so helpful. Thank you. Of course. Of course. It was my pleasure. Uh, thanks. Bye everybody. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode, which was recorded live in the homeschool reading community group. This is a free Facebook group where I share tips and advice about homeschooling and teaching reading. You'll also find community with other homeschool moms like you, plus freebies, giveaways, parties, and more. I would love for you to join us over at the homeschool reading community. Make sure you check out the link in the show notes for all the details. Thank you so much for listening to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. New episodes are coming out all the time, so please make sure that you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the fun. I'll see you soon.